0: Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so thrilled to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, Child and Teen Development Specialist author and speaker and most importantly parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love learn and grow every single day whether i want to or not believe me i get it it's not always easy but we're in this together and thankfully we have some really wonderful guests who can help us in all different ways and give us the insight we need now as you know this podcast is all about connecting through conversation. The importance of communication between ourselves and the children in our lives, it cannot be overstated the importance of that. Conversations are about listening, learning, asking for what you need and want, understanding others, showing up authentically and yes, certainly connecting there is an inherent trust in communication a trust that is reliant on the assumption that we are communicating openly and honestly with one another of course that can be difficult when we are speaking to our kids because so many factors might get in our way embarrassment worry confusion about what to say what if we say the wrong thing how much should we say what if they think differently than we do and how do we communicate openly and honestly when we're afraid we might say something wrong how do we teach our kids about effective communication we were not taught this specific thing right many of us it's not a topic in school so for this topic let's turn to Sage Hobbs now Sage Hobbs is a women's empowerment coach speaker and author of naked communication. She's known for her bold, insightful, and dynamic approach to communication, relationships, and personal growth. Sage works in both individual and group settings to create experiences of courage, self-expression, and freedom. Sage supports her clients to unleash their voice, take action, and transform their status quo when they feel stuck, dissatisfied or stagnant. Now, Prior to creating her current work, Sage received her master's degree in counseling psychology and spent a decade working with teens and families to navigate the wild path of growing up. She's a mom of two, a cancer survivor, a proud teacher's wife, a retired school counselor, a world traveler, a living room dance party aficionado, and a book lover. Oh, I just want to thank you, Sage, for joining us on How to Talk to Kids About Anything.
1: Thanks, Robin. It's so good to be here.
0: So, before, Love it. I'm, I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> so before we get into the meat of the matter, for those who haven't had the opportunity to read your book and to hear all the great things you have to say about conversation and communication. Would you just take a moment to tell us what gets you up in the morning and what got you so interested in talking about open and honest communication in all key relationships?
1: Awesome. Love it. So what gets me up in the morning, honestly, is usually like the patter of feet and somebody jumping on top of me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good way to wake up. <laughs> um, that is awesome. Although in the
1: last couple of weeks, I've been uh, getting up before them for like mm-hmm. this sacred half an hour, which has been oh, a practice that, so I, that I bring into my life oftentimes more in spring and summer, because I just have an easier time integrating Mm -hmm. that then. Mm -hmm. Um, And how I got to doing all of this and what really lights me up about it is, honestly, my entire life, the only thing that's interested me for very long is human behavior. (laughs) Like, that's what I find fascinating, always. Like, I can remember being a kid and just um, watching how my friends would interact, trying to help them figure out how to get along better with their moms, you know. Mm -hmm. All the way through my teenage years, all I wanted to do was be with people and, and understand them better and help them when they were suffering. And it was just always the thing that excited me. Yes. And um, I remember going to college and still was, like trying to figure out what I was going to major in. And it kept coming back to how do people show up in the world? Why do some seem to have an easier time than others? What is that piece about human potential? Why do some some seem more resilient than others? How can we foster that? Like, why do people... Some seem to have more agency and create their lives, and others seem to struggle. It was just, it continues to be, still, the thing that I just get fired up about. Like, and how can we help support that type of self-expression more actively from our kids all the way up? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm Because actually, we're all like that. We were all way more curious and self-expressed as children, any of the listeners who have little kids. You yes. know, you never have a two-year-old who doesn't know what they want. Right. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, I want that. I don't want that, mm-hmm. you know. And then you ask a 40-year-old woman, and they often have forgotten, like, what it's even like to check in around that. What do I really want here? Right. Huh. Right. But a two-year-old, their two-year-old self knew.
0: So, we need to get back to our two-year-old self. We need to get back to our tree maybe without time. the tantrums ways, though. Right? Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> minus minus the tantrums and the foot stamp uh, stamping. Okay, right. So you know your work is all about this naked communication. So tell me what that's about and how parents can use it to support their kids. Yeah, great. So
1: naked communication. Well, I will say that the tagline gives a little more um, context, which is about courageously creating the relationships you really want, mm-hmm. and. Um, the the reason it's called naked. It was really my husband's idea. It was born out of a five thousand mile road trip with my two small children, <laughs> which we did five summers in a row. Wow, I know that's crazy. commitment. Mm-hmm. I know we are not doing it this summer, and I feel really good about that. <laughs> yes, um, but really, I was writing this book, and it was all about how do we communicate in clean, clear, compassionate, and courageous ways that feel very true and authentic to who we really are that um, have us put connection at the forefront of our conversations as opposed to other things like being right or making somebody wrong or other things that insidiously sneak in. Mm -hmm. I could not think of a title and everything I kept coming up with was sort of stuffy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm just, I have a lot of fire in my language Mm -hmm. and in my personality. And you know, it just it all sounded quite clinical. And my husband's like, "It's just not you." And he's the one who said, "I think it's about naked communication mm.
0: because
1: it's really about you know peeling back the layers of conditioning and um, messaging and habits, you know, our autopilot kind of inner robot ways of doing things, so that we can show up in those clean, clear, compassionate, and courageous ways that are actually much more like that two-year-old self in some ways, you know, that are going kind of back to being naked." Um so and it had you know, it had that little it had my personality in it mm-hmm. because I I kind of like to disrupt
0: the status quo. And naked sort of is like, Oh, wait, what? You know? Right, exactly. What if what what is this? I, right? I when I was when I was initially Googling you, I was like, <laughs> just I, I wrote Naked Communication and then I wrote Sage Hobbs because I was right. like, good call good call. Yeah, good call. Because it was like, Oh goodness, what's what's gonna pop up here? So <laughs> let's just make sure the browser history doesn't you really start to say, What's going on with this girl? Yeah. Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. So, you know, meant to be there is meant to be a spirit of playfulness to it. Yes. Um because I I really feel like things are more and more likely to get done if they're fun and that I've often said like fun is underrated value. And so, you know, we we and I'm like a super overachieving, you know, hard-driving kind of woman, and I really have taught myself to keep being fun and playful. So, th- having some lightness to it. It's mm-hmm. just not Worth keeping it doesn't have to be so significant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, even though it's important, so naked also has that sort of vibe to it. And we'll talk about it more, but how it's relevant to parents, it's like it, there's nothing that could be more relevant, mm-hmm. honestly. If you ask any parent, in my experience, and I'll include myself as a parent, what they want in terms of their relationship with their children, they want to have, you know, they want to have a loving, self expressed open and honest connection with them. Mm-hmm. They want, they want their 15 year olds to be able to tell them that yes. they need a right home. Like yes. they want them to be able to say, I really screwed up. I'm dating somebody who's like means me. I don't mm-hmm. know what to do. How do I get? And they, they want your, I, I so much, I have my children are, my son will be eight on Saturday and my daughter just turned four. And I'm just so aware of how much I want to keep the way that they share with me accessible as they get older. And I, sometimes feel nervous about it because I spent so many years with middle schoolers and my husband's a high school teacher. And we know about adolescent, behavior and development, right? So there's like, I'll be like, oh, gosh, are you going to shut down? You know? I know.
0: I know. (laughs) I I feel like I've even had that conversation with my daughter where she's like, I love you, mommy. I feel, I I love having you here. I love talking to you, mommy. I just want to, she said to me the other night, we're all curled up in her bed. I wish we could just snuggle up and talk all night. And I, I still remember saying to her, oh, Tally please say that to me when you're 15, you know, I just, it's so true. I'm like, could we just, could I just bottle that and record that and play it back to you when you're a teenager? Yes. I think the
1: same thing all the time. And I'll say that to my son and I, I, who's eight, I'll say exactly similarly, like about hugs. He's very like nurturing with me and loving with me. And, um, and he's just a real tender heart, tender heart. Naturally, he's a more sensitive and tender hearted human being mm-hmm. than, than even I am. I have to learn to, you know, really be with his personality. Um, but he'll he'll snuggle. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're going to be like a man when you're 15. You're
0: so much <laughs> bigger than me. You can't see me, but I'm short. Yes. Oh, me too. Me too. My, my son has told me he's only six now, but he's like, um, when I grow up, I'm going to call you little mama. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just... So
1: he's so sweet. He'll be like, I'm totally still going to hug you. And I'm like, right on, you know. Oh, but right so on. I yeah. want to foster that. And yeah. that's what, you know, naked communication is about. How do you foster that? How do you keep it so that you um, are teaching them through the ways that you talk to them how to not only be open with you, but how to also be courageous in their own communication and real in their own communication out in the world you know
0: yeah so so tell us I mean obviously as parents we we want to do our best and and we we talk a lot over here about we make mistakes and parenting is the ultimate do-over and we you know we can mess up and we can pull ourselves together and try again but tell us like what are the common pitfalls that parents might make while they're having these tough conversations with their kids, and then how can we avoid them so that we don't put these things in the way of our communication?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So I could talk about this for hours, so you'll just have to interrupt me. And I know you're from <laughs> Jersey, so that should be good, right? Yeah, should I Yeah, will be all right. right, okay. So um, the pitfalls we make with our kids are usually the pitfalls we make with any of our conversations. So if you're listening, you can, use, you can be aware of this with your relationship with your children, with your partner, with your colleagues, your friends, your mother, your own mother, adult mother. Um, and they are, they're varied. But <laughs> you'll know them when I say them. So the first one I would say is we don't say what we really mean. Mm-hmm. We skirt around issues a lot. Mm-hmm. And in my book, I give an example from my early school counseling days, actually, where this mom just came into my office and she was so distraught. Like, she was so upset. You know, she was really, she was in tears. And she said, Oh my gosh, I can't take it anymore. Like, her son was, I think, about 14 or 15. She's like, um, Every morning it's just a battle. It's just horrible. I just am always yelling at him to pull up his pants and take off his hoodie and like he's wearing these shredded up pants and his butt's hanging out, his boxers are showing and and she's so upset. You know, her upset doesn't really match in some ways the issue, right? And right. so I'm like, "What are you really upset about?" You know, what's what's really actually concerning you? And She really goes on to share that she's absolutely terrified he's getting into drugs Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, that he looks like this skater, you know, sort of anti-establishment persona and that she had that path and he he doesn't know she did and she's terrified, right? Right. So instead, she's battling him about his pants and all it's doing is being – entirely opposite effect which is separating them when she's trying desperately to bring like what she wants is to talk to him and bring them together
0: mm-hmm.
1: but she the her behavior her language the way that she's showing up in the conversation is like fully driving him away i mean you can imagine right like right. his his hood is on pulled over further and he wants to get out of the car
0: like, right
1: and away from her as fast as possible
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so i would say like that's number 1 the like, get clear What is it that you're really needing to say to your child? Are you really angry about the Legos on the floor? Are you really angry about the music too loud? Or is it like something more about, you know, respecting what you worked hard to buy for them or um, honoring the community space in the house so so that everybody can think while the music is on? You know, what is the thing that's behind the thing? And we don't do that in, you know, we don't do that in many of our relationships. We hint and we hope and we wish and we imply. Like, think about that with marriages, you know? We just, we're we're like, oh, I hope that they remember our anniversary.
0: Right, (laughs) right. That
1: they do what my girlfriend's husband did or whatever, you know, and they drop little hints. And then when we don't get what we want, we're we're resentful, Right. right? So that's the
0: first thing is just. Let's get clear on what you're really trying to say, right, so we need to say what we mean and mean what we say, and just lay it out,
1: yeah, and you can do that compassionately and and you know as clearly as possible and when I say clean, what I mean by that is to not bring in old crap, yes so you, you know what I mean, like people fight dirty, and it's like we're not taught any of this stuff, right, so if you saw you know in various examples on television or in your own family of origin that that's how fights went down. You know, it's like you waited and waited and then you throw every piece of evidence against a person. Clean is about, like, don't yell at your child for five different incidents at once. Like, in this moment, what's frustrating you is that they haven't picked something up or they're not on time, you know? Talk about that. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) That's
0: that's being clean. So, strip it back. Strip it back, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) Another thing is to um, know your own triggers. This is so big. I feel like oh in everything goodness. communication, you have to start with yourself. You need to be responsible for how you show up in the world. And um, for example, I am. I know. I am so triggered by enti- this. Like, per- like my perception of entitlement.
0: Oh my gosh! You and I, I are like twins. Oh, I can't. It drives and, me absolutely
1: crazy. It drives me insane. And so with my own kids, yes. that comes out sideways. Like yes. I can get really. Um loud. Yes. And I'm not in my best communicating self <laughs> if my children complain about dinner. I'm not wearing example.
0: my conversation shoes.
1: I am not wearing my conversation shoes. Exactly. Like my expertise goes out the window if I have an eye roll and a complaint about oh, a fresh hot oh, cooked meal on the table.
0: You. I feel it. <laughs> I it. feel it. Yes. I get it. So
1: cool. but I need to, I'm I have done my own work, right? And I know what the things are that trigger me. So I get better, I'm not perfect, I still, my children will tell you, that's still a source of challenge for me. But what I can do now, knowing what I know about myself, <laughs> is I can have more, much more effective conversations with my son where, for example, I teach him how to say something about dinner. Like, oh, stir-fry really isn't my favorite, thanks for making it, but are there pieces of it that I can eat and not the rest, or is there something, can I just have the rice and the chicken? You know."
0: And I can totally handle that. Mm I'm like, that works for me. Sure, sure. I like that, that you're giving them tools to be able to converse in that compassionate way. Because when we're hearing it, if they don't do that, then that entitlement feeling comes out. And what we're hearing is what you are doing for us right now isn't good enough. Exactly. Yeah. I deserve, I deserve something else. And you say, wait a second, that really feels bad. Of course, that's, that's, that's what we're in our conversation shoes. But what we do (laughs) say is, "Ah." yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) But but what I've also said to him in the spirit of being naked and clean and clear is I say very clearly, look, we are really fortunate that we have access to like amazing food, you know? And we'll talk about that. We have, you know, we do highs and lows. We talk about gratitude. Yes. Like, and I'll just say, we're really, you don't have to like everything we make. I understand that I ask you to eat, you know, a wide range of adult foods in some ways, yes. but we have, we're really lucky. Like, we get choices, and I, you know, sometimes I bring in, when I lived in Kenya, and what we ate every single day in Kenya, and my son is old enough now, like, he can understand, he's getting a little bit more of a worldview. view, yes. you know? But we have to know our own stuff, our triggers in order to then be able to consciously and aware, like in, in, in an aware way, with awareness would be a better way to say that, teach them. Why does that, you know, they're not responsible for taking care of me, but I can explain to them this is why I get upset when you say what you say in that way. I will work on that part for me because I know that you're a child Mm -hmm. and here's how you could say it differently. You know?
0: Okay. So we have, don't, you want to make sure you're saying what you mean Mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that you know your own triggers and then be able to teach your kids how to speak in a compassionate way when they become aware of people's triggers around them.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're also teaching them how to identify triggers yes which is important which is it's
0: important huge. if they know that something specific triggers a teacher in their class they certainly are going to be uh, you know having an advantage to make sure they don't go down that path, as long as it's not like, you know, you know, making them feel squashed down in terms of their right, creativity, no, of course, of course but, question, but right. you know, if, if uh, standing up and, and being the class clown or whatever is, uh, you know, driving their teacher crazy, they know that there's a time and a place for that, so they right. can recognize that trigger, okay. And they
1: can own their own triggers, so if I'm honest about having triggers, that gives him permission to have triggers, too.
0: Okay, like he gets point. really
1: triggered when I when I raise my voice, my child. Mm-hmm. My daughter doesn't. She likes to yell and scream, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like that's her that's her deal. But he is like literally sensitive to the volume. So he can, if, when I when we identify our own stuff, we give permission for
0: them to identify theirs. I love it. I think that's great. We our children are not perfect and they don't need to be perfect. It's exactly. about being aware of, of who they are and what makes them tick and what makes them feel frustrated, and then providing them with some coping skills to deal with them in productive ways. 100%, yeah.
1: Which is, so then the last one is, well, um, like I said, I could probably give you more, but this is the one I feel like is super essential and maybe one of the harder ones, which is um, we don't listen to their point of view. Mm. Mm-hmm. We just, we think we, we think we do. <laughs> but we get caught up in our own worries, or fears, or desires to protect them, or um, this idea we have about being the authority, and we forget that they are little humans, or bigger humans, if you have a teenager. This for sure applies to teens and preteens, teens um, And they just want to be seen, and heard, and understood just like we do. Mm-hmm. I have a really core belief that human beings are dying for connection. That yes. we are we're we're animals who thrive in community and we want to feel like people see us and hear us and understand us. That is actually, you know, if you read about regrets of the dying, people are when they're at their final hours, like that's what they're looking for. Did was I loving deeply and did I deeply love? That's actually the la- that's the most important thing for most people in the end, right? Well,
0: let me underscore that for a moment because mm-hmm. I think I think it really is important that connection piece and and making sure that our kids feel seen, heard and understood. But for those people who are listening who may have had a bad morning or yelled at their kid last night or had a frustrating afternoon or evening, take a breath for a second. It's it's going to be okay here there is always time to get back to connection and even always. if it takes yes and even if it takes some time and you feel like maybe at this moment a little bit disconnected from your kid and this is normal and and for for everybody to have times when they feel super connected and and sometimes feel disconnected that you can get back to feeling connected through some of these conversations, through listening, and I'm sure through some of the things that you'll be giving us as uh, tips for clean and clear and beautiful communication that that you so easily lay out in your book.
1: Yes, I love that you underscore that. 100% agree with you that this is a wild ride. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is a wild ride it, to grow up and to raise human beings is mm-hmm. like I can't imagine anything more um, I don't like to say it's hard because I, I really love being a parent. Yes. But it's a it is it pushes every one of my buttons yes. and it stretches me to my max on any given day. So these are just more resources mm-hmm. and that one that we can employ to do I have a firm belief that we do the best we can with the skills we have. Yes. And um and I've said that to many children and adults about the people in their lives that have you know hurt them like well they were doing the best yes. they could with the skills they have but good news
0: here with your podcast thank you and in these conversations is you can learn new skills yes i mean the, and the, the listeners that are are here right now and they're they're the ones that are showing up right now and i, I commend it mm-hmm. because i i learn constantly on this podcast i am no different from anybody else here and believe me all of the experts that have been interviewed who are amazing people and known in their fields have told me that they are listening to the other podcasts on, on, on the list now mm-hmm. and learning something. So we all have something to learn. And I wanted to ask you because you brought this idea up of, of when and we're talking about it right now, like when we do feel a little bit disconnected, when things you know might not feel so right, sometimes you know we do get more triggered right i mean we do get mm-hmm. more upset we're 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 angry um we we want to be connected but we're not how can we diffuse our our kid or our, our teen when they are really upset and angry without further damaging a relationship or damaging it in the first place
1: yeah it's huge um Okay, great. Well, this goes sort of back into where we left off. It's perfect, which is it's really about. There's a there's a kind of a magic thing to this. It's about really getting their point of view. Mm-hmm. It's that old fashioned expression in a sense of like you're not in their shoes, right? Well, what if you were, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's something so powerful about acknowledging that you understand where they're coming from. So. Where we get tripped up, however, is that we think that if we acknowledge where they're coming from, we are excusing their behavior and making it seem like they were right and we are wrong. Mm. So if your teenager was drunk driving, I'm gonna use a more significant Mm -hmm. example, right? You, obviously your first job is to keep them safe, right? And you're gonna feel angry and scared and hurt and all of those things. But if you come tearing into them, in that moment, there may be more damage <laughs> done to their ability to talk to you about anything scary like that in the mm-hmm. future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you come at it, like, I really get that you, and let's assume that the child is kind of freaked out, they know that they did something stupid, which oftentimes they do, mm-hmm. they, you know? They've dug themselves into some hole, you know? Um, and you can say, like, I really get that that was scary for you, and that you know, and that you, know you made a mistake, And that you your choice was you know you you felt pressured and confused about how to make the right choices and that is just getting their point of view. That's not saying it's okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's just literally getting their point of view. And it it when somebody isn't in battle with you, it diffuses everything. You know, it's like as soon as you take the sting out for them, Mm. they can't fight back in the same way. So. When I was a school counselor, this was sort of my ninja power um, with really angry parents. And um, my principal used to just like really appreciate that about me and call me into these kinds of meetings a lot. Because, you, you know, as a parent, you come into the school and you feel like your child's been wronged, you're angry. You're, you're mama bear or papa bear, and you're ready to protect and, you know, you're out to prove your point. And if you could, I can think of this one mom in particular. If you can just for a moment pause and get the experience that they're having, it's just their experience, they are having an experience. If I can get their experience, immediately the volatility and the anger and the rage can disseminate. And your kids are the same. So if you're feeling disconnected, it's probably because they don't think you understand them.
0: Right, right, I'm even thinking about You know, when children are, we're talking a lot about failures and mistakes lately and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just think of, uh, you know, your child fails a test and, you know, you automatically may feel very upset, especially if you know that they didn't prepare well, or if you had been hounding them, let's say, to prepare and they weren't studying or that you felt like they were goofing off, of course, and I told you so is on the tip of your tongue in so many ways, right? Yeah, and 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 nobody likes to hear that, we all know that nobody wants that, but it can understand why it would be on the tip of our tongues because we've this is what we've seen, we knew it was going to happen, and then the crash happened, the car crash happened, the failure happened, you know, the same thing, and. I can see how you can use your scripting in so many different ways to be able to sit down with your child and, and, and get them and look at them and say, you know, I, I understand you felt, you felt embarrassed coming to me with this mm-hmm. test. Like, I, I understand that. I, I get that you feel like you're stupid and can't do anything right. All those words that are coming out of your head. I get that because this failure on this test is, is telling you that. And then you can then say what you truly mean, where you can say, I I, I believe in you, though. I see you, and I know that you can do this, and let's work together on finding ways to deal with this so that you're better prepared next time. Let me hear some of your ideas. Because you're opening things up. You see them, and then you're opening things up so that there's more room for discussion. You, that's exactly literally what I would have said. So, I was you You have to get their point of view first and
1: use that script, like you just mentioned, which is I really get your experience, or I really get where you're coming from, or I really understand that, right? And try and use their own words if they've given you any. Right. And then the second piece, what you just mentioned, is about affirming love. It's okay. just affirming love. Like, there's a sweetest children's book that I used to read to both of my kids a ton. And it was I love, I think it's called I Love You No Matter What. You know, and it was super simple, but it was basically like when you're angry, I love you. When you're mad, I, you know, I love you. When you're sad, when you're dirty, when you're clean, mm-hmm. you know, I love you, I love you. And um, that piece about that you love them no matter what is really essential, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like you're going to mess up. Yes. We're humans. We're humans.
0: I mess up all the time. All the, they, so much. They make me apologize often. Uh, all the time, we've got to apologize to our kids. Yeah. We got to tell them that we did things wrong. We we've got to try harder. We get it. Yeah, we're yeah, not we're not exempt. Right, right.
1: Exactly. And then the last piece you said, which is what I just want to reiterate, is about leaving the door open. Okay. So if you've been feeling disconnected from your kid, you want to get where they're coming from. You want to express your love and you want to leave a door open. Like and it can literally be I'm, you know, I am here. I know you might not think I understand, but I am willing to listen to you anytime that you want me to.
0: That listening piece is so important. When we think about having a conversation with kids or having a tough conversations with with kids, we often think about how we can prepare for the words, right? We think about what am I going to say? But so many times, conversations with kids is about the listening piece. What is your child saying Mm -hmm. that you may reflect back, that you may comment on, that you may need to give advice on, but so much of it is listening and listening to the different levels, whether it's the words or the feeling, the energy, the mood, or your own intuition while you're listening so that the conversation is really revealing and yeah. Uh, yeah. as I said, there, I, I often say, you know, in a conversation, there's more than one person talking. If you're the only one talking, it means it's a soliloquy, not a conversation. A hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's a
1: diatribe. I want to say one more thing about the listening because we've talked about it. And I feel like if, if your listeners take just this, this one piece away, it would be worth it, which is... Um, We are super attached to being right Mm -hmm. as human beings. It's like an addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) It feels so good, and we really oh gosh, true. You know, like we believe we are right and they are wrong. I mean, it's like it's like in our bones, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have spent my lifetime in my career really looking at multiple points of view. It's like this. It's like my go-to skill set to work on transforming relationships with my own life and with my clients, etc. Because almost everything is actually just an interpretation. There's, and then there are the things that happened. They're the facts, right? Like your kid gets in a car accident. That happened. My parents got divorced when I was 13. That happened, you know? But everything else is mostly just the meaning or the interpretations we put on top of that. And we don't see that. So, therefore, we think that our reality is real and that it's all that we're right. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to two siblings, they're going to remember adult siblings. They will remember their childhoods differently. Mm-hmm. If you ask me and my brother and sister, we have different memories of how the divorce went down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same family system, right. same parent, same days,
0: dealing same with the day, same thing. Same conversation
1: in the living room, mm-hmm. you know? But we really love to be right and some, I mean, I, I write about it in my book about would you rather be right or would you rather be happy mm-hmm. because we get so overly attached to being right that we will ruin our relationships to prove a point. Right, for like the proverbial
0: bingo, like to be able to right, be like,
1: got gotcha, gotcha. it! Right, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I told you so, right? So with our kids, I just want to challenge us to consider that from their point of view, they were right too. Mm-hmm. like from there when they were sitting in at that party or after school with their friends and there was hard decisions to be made like they were doing the best they could with the skill they had and they felt like what they were doing was you know what needed to be done let's say and we might think it's crazy but we're not 13 anymore right right so if we can just get that most of the time either everybody's right or no one is depending on how you want to look at it mm-hmm. And we can let that go a little bit, but we, as, in, particularly in our relationships as parents, we get super attached to this because we're older, we've been through life experiences. We ultimately think we do know better. Sometimes we actually do. We know how to make safer decisions. Our brains are more fully developed, and, you know, but it doesn't help our relationship with them at all to go into the conversation with the intention of proving how right we are.
0: So important so important what you're saying and and i think that's something for every relationship that we're in of course not just with our children but with other adults as well as you were saying um you know there's something that is in your work that i wanted to ask about and so in our sort of final minutes before we close out i would love to find out from you A little bit more about the power of asking. You know, sometimes kids really shy away from asking for what they want. They're afraid of how people will see them, how they look at them, especially if they have to ask for help. Um, Sometimes that can be really crippling for some kids and some some adults. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us what are the steps to asking for what you want?
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah, that's a huge one for all of us to get better at, you know, and kids and women seem to struggle with it the most I have to say in my work, and um, and it's so important because, you know, that's how you advocate for yourself, that's how you um, find success in life, in career, and in relationships is to make requests, right? It's right. how you have a sense of your own personal power. So the first thing is really to be clear on what you actually want. This goes back to the beginning around hinting and hoping and stuff and such like that, where you um, you're the one, you're an expert on yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And even children, even children, you know, they know how they feel inside of their bodies, you know, they know what feels right or what doesn't feel right to them. And like we said, little two-year-olds are clear. Mm-hmm. So you want to know what you want. You want them, you want them to have permission to want what they want too. You don't have to agree with it, but we don't want to squelch their desires early on. We all know what that does, right? That mm-hmm. makes kids who don't follow their dreams. So right. you want to know what you want. That's the first piece. And then you want I I give this little formula for how um you make a clear request. Again, it's not the hinting and hoping. You make a clear request, but you want to sandwich that request, that clear request in between an appreciation and an acknowledgment. Mm. And this is it's, you know, you have to break this down into kid language, but one of the ways that they'll learn this is by watching you do it. So if you get better at this, they too will get better at this. Okay.
0: So So give us an example of how you would sandwich a request. Uh, let's say that the child would like ice cream. They <laughs> And we want to make sure that they say it in a way that um, – you know that that doesn't make us feel really frustrated so we're we're giving them the tools and this is this is just so that we can talk to them about it because it's such a a, a typical request so yeah i how love can, it how can we say okay let's say you want ice cream instead of saying i want ice cream let's have the sage hobbs way of asking for what you want great so you would say,
1: the kid would think to themselves, I really want ice cream, right? I'm clear about that. It's Tuesday afternoon and I just really want ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they would say, mom or dad, I really appreciate how you um, like planned my party for this weekend or how you took care of my packing my lunch last night and all these things that you do for us around here. I really appreciate that my clothes are clean. I just really appreciate that you help out around here a lot so that I can have a good easy day at school. And what I'm really wanting this afternoon, um, just for no reason, but I really want it, is to have some ice cream. I really want to go to the ice cream. It's a sweet cow. That's our favorite ice cream place. And get a scoop. And then the acknowledgement piece is I get that that wasn't in the plan and that that may like, throw off our afternoon schedule, you know, and that it means having sugar before dinner. But I'd still really love to know, could we get some ice cream?
0: You know what I say to, to, to my kids? And if they ask that way, I mean, it's, it's, it's much harder to say no. But this is what I say to them. When you ask nicely for something, and you, you use that kind of language, you are showing appreciation and kindness, big on kindness and appreciation and gratitude, then you are so much more likely to get a yes. Sometimes exactly. the answer will still be no. Mm -hmm. But if you ask rudely, the answer will always be no. So you're increasing your chances of yes many folds by simply asking in a kind way. And that should be something that they use for ice cream, but it is something when they, they will use... For a raise, you know, when they're uh, older, if they're Mm out of a job, Uh, it's for asking for help from a professor when you know studying for a test or not understanding something, and and asking a a request from uh, maybe a spouse if they're uh, married when they're when they're older, and saying you know um, you I really appreciate what you do around the house and and uh, helping me out with this and that. I really would just ask that you could um, not put these particular shirts in the in the wash. Not that I would know anything <laughs> about that or the dryer, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but uh, I, I, I understand that it might cause a little bit more work for you when you're putting it in this dryer. Yeah, that's a great example. Right. <laughs> not that it's... I would know anything about shrinking a shirt ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, my exactly. husband now does the laundry, thankfully, because he's, he's infinitely better about it but um, that is a true story that actually yeah, happened and, and right. he is he was very sweet about it so I higher stake request yes. it works
1: much higher stakes yes. request but
0: I want to just so that's
1: perfect you just nailed the formula it's appreciate request acknowledge you know so it's like a sandwich yes um, the the magic is when you the appreciation is as specific as possible mm-hmm. to that to that individual so that they really get it's about them right. it's not generic
0: Right, like I, and, I, really get that you're so nice. Is not right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly.
1: yeah. and the acknowledgement is I, this was this has been huge for many of the adults I've talked to about this is that you're acknowledging that it do, your request does have an impact on them. So yes. when I wanted to go back to work part time after having children, I acknowledged that that was going to impact the school. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and I said that to my boss. You know, I, I get that this is going to be um, you won't have as much counseling support if I'm not here. So how can I make it easier? on you when I am, you know, but I acknowledged the impact my request had. And then just one last point is just about that kindness piece. I'm huge on kindness and I'm careful about it because I really don't want us to teach our girls in particular to just be nice. Oh, you no, know? no. So no, that's, right. That's so it's garbage. Like delicate dance, right? Yes. Like you know, you don't have to kiss butt to get a raise because you deserve a raise if you're really an awesome employee. Yes. And so So you want to couch it in kindness, but you also want to be clear and strong. And assertive and
0: effective. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I I think that's important to put some high beams on, especially for our girls who are taught so often that they need to be nice. We don't use that word here in the Silverman household. Nice seems like a very word. But um, (laughs) I mean, kind hearted, I think is important. um, And you can still be kind hearted and be assertive and emphatic about what you need and want. Totally. Um, So thank you for underscoring that. That is important. Uh, so could you tell us uh, if there was one tip, and you already kind of did this, but let's say it again. If there was one tip that you would want the listeners to take away about having really good communication with our kids or teaching our kids about effective communication, what would it be?
1: The number one tip I would say is what I call getting it. And that is that art we talked about of really just putting yourself in their shoes, in their point of view, and getting their experience, and letting them know you get them. I really, I can't underscore that enough. It just makes them feel loved by you. It makes them feel seen. It makes a window open to them sharing more with you because they'll believe that you might actually understand. And it's the ultimate diffuser of upset. So beautiful. so that's what I would say. I think it's, that's the number one It's a beautiful
0: tip. thing. And it's something that you can do right away. Like, I'm just thinking of my kids walking through the door today and, and mm-hmm. just taking in their energy. Are they feeling sad, happy? Are they excited? Are they feeling down? Did something happen to them today? And just being able to connect with them and be able to say, I get it. I understand. I hear you. Yes. I, yeah. hear you. I, see what I hear you. you. I, I, I see what you're saying here. So that you just take that moment before you and maybe instead of launching into, you know, here's here's what I did. Here's how to solve that problem. Because often they don't need that. Often exactly. they just want to be seen and heard, right? And if we jump the
1: gun, they don't tell us next time right. how they're actually doing. Or they're just not lie.
0: listening anyway, right? Well, because they yeah, can't, but, they can't right. yet.
1: Yeah. Or they'll just say, like, if my if my son comes home and he has a field trip today, he was so excited about it, and I say, Hey buddy, how was the field trip? If he says to me, Oh, it wasn't that great, it was kind of disappointing and so and so was annoying, my instinct is to want him to see the positive side of things. Like that's my instinct, right? To be like, Well it was but it didn't rain and you were so excited. Right. If I
0: do that, the next time you know what my his answer is to me. It was fine. It's fine. Right. Because you're not really listening to me anyway. You are, you're coming in with your own agenda. Exactly. Okay. If I say, oh, I'm so sorry. It wasn't what you hoped it would be. Then it's like I've left the door open. So for the resource of the week, tell everybody where they can get more information about you or your work or, or perhaps even your book. Great. Yeah. So the book
1: is on Amazon. Easy peasy. Um, and, on, you know, Naked Communication, Sage B And then my website has some free resources including the Ask Formula Cheat Sheet, which I think is super clear, right? It really lays it out, you know, the steps in more detail than what we got to speak about here. And not just the steps, but the reason why it's so darn important. You know, why really does it matter? If you don't ask over time, you you lose your voice, you lose your power. So there's a piece about that in there as well. Um, And that's at com, Mm -hmm. And I believe you'll have that somewhere. Absolutely. Um, You can find out all about what this whole naked
0: communication thing is all about in greater
1: detail there and grab your free resource the ask formula is really it's, it's
0: terrific i have it myself and i think it is really helpful and something that we can teach our kids we can teach them the sandwich and that will help yeah. often and they can refer back to it as uh, as they grow up You know, uh, Sage Hobbs, I have to just thank you so much for joining us today and talking to us about communication. I really think your tips are important. They themselves are clear and compassionate, just like the message that you're trying to send. And I I think there's something that everybody can use who is uh, listening today and for days to come. So thank you so very much.
1: Thank you, Robin. Great to be here.
0: So I've got my takeaways, and sweet friends, I know you have yours. Let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. Let's go to Facebook.com slash Silverman or let's chat about it on DrRobinSilverman.com or Twitter.com slash Robin And if you love this podcast like I did, would you kindly go up to iTunes, rate, review it, share it, let everybody know about it so that they can hear these outstanding solutions that Sage Hobbs has provided and all of our other fantastic experts. More people can hear about them and use them in their own homes. It's such a gift. Thank you so very much about sharing it and rating, reviewing it from... uh, The beginning of the launch. It's been so terrific, and so I've been so grateful. We also have a closed group that you can get to from facebookcom slash Silverman where we're going to be talking even more about the podcast. And I hope you'll request to be in that. We love a community of people who are really willing to share. You know, we're making it closed because we want people to feel comfortable in sharing in that community. Of course, any of you can be in it. We love to have you. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even when it seems like nothing is going right... We all have those days perhaps today is that day you've got this you're here you're getting the information you need and on the days we fall short never forget there's always tomorrow parenting is the ultimate do-over I get it too and when there are moments when we doubt our know-how our choices and our sweet sanity please believe that you are 10 times the parent you think you are You really are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.